0: It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
0: Poe Green and the Ghost Machine is brought to you by The Fuzzy Womps, the brand new Saturday morning cartoon sure to warp your child's fragile mind in unspeakable ways. Join Skinless Sam, Pus Gus, and Detached Retina Desmond as they skitter about the periphery of your child's consciousness for the rest of his life!
2: It is the year 2016, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down. What once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Yo, what up, Smitty? You got my smoke, brother? What eh? What you say, Smitty? You ain't got what's mine. You, you gonna get what you gonna get, then, brother? No doubt. Don't make me take out that shank, bro. You feel? I say you feel. That's right. That's right. Keep stepping. You come around here without my smokers, gang. You're gonna get that shank, yo. You feel me? That's right. That's right. That's right. Shit. Your skittles. You see that crack ass, bitch? <laughs> That's right. Check that bitch, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Skittles. Yeah, I see a child. I got to do this thing real quick, all right? Yeah, yeah. All you homies know who the realist, huh? <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, let's see. I know it's been some time, dear listeners, and I do apologize for our extended absence, but, as you may have heard, I've hit a bit of a legal snafu in my personal life. Certain developments have restricted my ability to speak on the manners surrounding my current incarceration, but suffice it to say, there is a large conspiracy that involves the highest echelons of both government and industrial entities. Powerful men have a vested interest in locking me away and throwing out the key. It would suit them wonderfully if I never saw the light of day again. And their power extends far beyond the capitals of our great union. Local politicians, judges, even the district attorney are all on the payroll of this notorious, seditious and credulous cabal. Don't believe me, dear listener? Just think about it. I mean, seriously, what other reason could there possibly be for me to be locked away in a maximum security prison with society's most undesirables? Oh, the murders! (laughs) No, 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 no. No, it's a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, a vast, unrelenting conspiracy. You see, I know things. Things I don't talk about. Things... And that brings us to our first episode of this season's, um, yeah, uh, Poe Green and the, uh, Ghost Machine? We're rhyming our titles now? For f***s sake. So much sand! Sand is everywhere in the little podunk town of Sklankville, where our story begins. It's a dry desert of a town with little connection to the world beyond it. Oh sure, it's the 44th stop along the intercontinental Tuscan Talon Railway, but with the average temperature settling on north of a 100 degrees, and little in the way of relief from that unrelenting heat, there was no particular reason for anyone to depart at the local station. Although with a shrinking population, a rising poverty level, and hardly any form of entertainment other than bourbon and shotguns, there was plenty of reason to get on that train and set sights for a better life. A ticket anywhere from here, though, would cost a week's pay at least, no matter what your profession was, and that was too rich for anyone's blood. Well, almost anyone's. Hey, Poe, that you? Rafe was one of just a few men in the town between the ages of 15 and 25, and because he had all his teeth and knew more than an average amount of words, he was considered the town's stud. Oh, sure, his hair was greasy, and he mysteriously had a perpetual scent of bacon grease looming around him, but that wasn't enough to keep the fair maidens away. And when I say fair, I mean... Well, uh... Let's just say if you combined late Madonna with early Roseanne, yeah, yikes. Anywho, here was Rafe exiting the pharmacy, where he had just spent another unsuccessful morning trying to convince the counter Greta Golgretta to abort the baby, only to be delighted at the sight of his best friend, Poe. Poe! Hey, Poe, hold up. I- I'll walk with you. I'm in a
0: rush, Rafe. I gotta get back to the store before Pa finds out I've gone. Well, where you been? I was meeting
1: a man at the station. Had to get some supplies Pa ordered special. What's your Pa doing ordering supplies special for? He ain't sell anything in years. Yeah, well, we're trying
0: out a new marketing strategy, and we're currently in product development and attempting to determine what our best distribution channels would be. Oh. Rafe didn't understand what
2: about seven of those words meant. Oh, uh, well, mind if I join you? Another busy day for you? (laughs) Lord, no, I ain't got nothing to do. As the boys walked along the short streets of Shankville, Poe became more and more nervous. His palms were sweatier than normal, and he became worried that the large package he was carrying would slip. Considering the fragile nature of its contents, that would be most upsetting. The last thing he needed was for anyone, especially Rafe, with his big mouth, or worse, his own father with his big temper, finding out what Poe had purchased.
1: Everything all right, Poe? Seems like uh, something on your mind. Huh?
2: No, no, I just... uh... Pa going at it again. That Poe's Pa was a belligerent drunk half the day, and unconscious the other half was secret to no one. While he was not the town's only drunk, he was its only crackpot drunk. And we're talking full on, grade A, tinfoil hat, little green men are trying to steal my kidneys, crack pottery. It was suspected that he did, or at least had on occasion, taken out his frustrations and anxieties on poor little Poe. But no evidence ever existed, and Poe certainly never led on to anything of the kind, even when questioned directly about it by the town sheriff all those years ago. Poe just kept his mouth closed and stared at the ground. He was not a talkative boy. His mother had died in childbirth, and with no siblings it was just him and Pa. While the townsfolk did care for the boy's well-being, everyone knew that if he were taken from Pa's charge, he'd likely end up in a city orphanage, and as bad as things may have been for the boy in Sklankville, they would have been far worse in the city. And as the years went on, Pa began taking his drinks less and less at the saloon and more and more in his bedroom. And with him went his rantings and ravings about the end of the world and battles between good and evil. Eventually, Pa was rarely seen or heard from. And since Poe seemed to be getting to school on time and running the family shop just fine, no one bothered to rock that particular boat. Pa's fine. Everything's fine. Where would you look at that?
1: Old Harold is hanging outside your shop. What a shock. He's all right. No harm, no foul. Not sure about that. Damn things creep me out. You've been listening to old Priggy, have you? Man ain't all screws loose like you think, Poe. I mean, sure, he may get a little carried away, but the man ain't wrong. Them things are unnatural. Shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be anywhere.
0: Well, they are here, and there ain't no use complaining about something that already happened. They're here. They don't seem to be going anywhere, so why get all heated about it?
1: Hey, you're on to talk. Ain't seen you getting so upset about something since middle school when Jenny yanked your pants down in front of old Mrs. Cullard. Well, why you care so much about these ghosts?
2: You know, I feel like that may have gone on a bit too long without an explanation. Yeah, there are ghosts. We're doing a whole preternatural thing this season. So, um, let's see. I know there is some backstory here. I just don't know if it's mine or if we're all for doing it through dialogue or what... Ugh, my lawyer has to bring me everything piecemeal. And as you can imagine, I don't have all that much privacy in the cramped cell to keep everything as organized as I usually do. Not to mention the fact that the screeners have to go through everything first, so who knows what they're f***ing with. And Sorry, if you see any spoilers online ahead of episodes, releases, folks, but privacy is a bit of a luxury right now. Okay, okay, here we are. Okay, backstory. Oh, we're doing a... Uh, we're doing a newsreel type thing. Interesting. Looks like uh, it's from 24 years prior to the beginning of our story. Okay, this is all a bit new, so, uh, let's, let's see how it works out. This is an urgent news bulletin broadcasting
0: to you live from WBAD Studios. This just in! A large seismic event of undetermined origination has shaken the earth! Points of effect range from Colorado to New York, Paris to Konigsberg, Seoul to Hong Kong. Reports are streaming in of large gaping holes in the ground, sometimes stretching out for miles. There are unconfirmed reports of otherworldly activity emanating from these holes. Sometimes fire, sometimes wind, other times just loud whooshing sounds. No fatalities yet, but people are reporting large-scale pandemonium. I repeat, Large scale pandemonium is occurring. Civil unrest and widespread discord are expected to increase in scale the public is urged to stay inside and not venture out unless you absolutely need to. Like if you need bread and water and you haven't had any in several days, that's probably a good reason to go out, but let's say you have a craving for something like I don't know, fish sticks, well then maybe you can wait a bit on that one. I mean sure, who doesn't love a good fish stick, especially if you're Catholic and it's a Friday and Lent, right? But still, still, that's not what one would call an urgent need. So yeah, just stay inside unless you really, really really have to go out. Now that was three really so that should give you a good sense of what kind of urgency we're dealing with
2: here. Fascinating. So a global event occurred some quarter of a century ago that apparently infected our earthly realm with an influx of spirit beings from the afterlife. And now these beings are wandering around aimlessly I suppose. I'm not entirely sure. I'm kind of finding all this out with you folks. Let's get back to Poe and Rafe and see if we can't figure some more things out. Hey, Harold. How's it going? Harold appeared sullen and shook his head slowly. Oh, 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 they can't talk. I I did read that somewhere in my prep notes. The ghosts, they can't talk. They just float around and look at people. Rarely is there any interaction at all. Still no idea why he's hanging
1: outside your store all the damn time. Must drive you nuts.
2: Not so much.
1: (laughs) No? Can't be good for business.
0: Having a general store in Sklankville ain't good for business.
1: Still, can't believe your pa don't have something to say about it.
0: I don't have much to say about anything these days. Not as long as the bourbon is flowing.
1: You know, Poe, people sometimes talk. I suppose they do. No, 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 no. Talk about you, I mean. Some say you act too kindly to them things.
0: Like I said, ain't no point in getting angry over something you can't change.
2: Don't gotta get angry, but don't gotta be so nice either. Now inside the shop. Poe placed his package on the counter and began to unpack some old boxes and loading the few bare shelves. Rafe took the opportunity to slowly inspect the package for any indication of what might lay inside. Poe, upon noticing Rafe's inspection, yanked the package away from him and placed it on a shelf hidden under the counter.
1: That ain't for you. Whoa, whoa, just curious, fella. Maybe you oughta go, Rafe. I got work to do. You know what, Poe? I ain't liking this attitude of yours. You've changed. Well, don't like it somewhere else. Fine, I'll leave you to your other friend, the damn ghost.
2: Fine, fine. Whoa, that escalated quickly. Damn, personally, I think Rafe was being a bit of a dick, but still, Poe just basically kicked him out of the store. Now, good for him. Good for you, Poe.
0: I thought we... What? I'm sorry, I thought... I thought we weren't having direct interaction this season. Huh? <laughs> That's ridiculous.
2: Why? Why? We did it last season and it was a big hit. I'm just going off what the call sheet said. Well, don't worry about it. You must be new. It's quite alright.
0: Uh, actually no i'm sorry we do need to get back to the episode but the agreement worked out between our attorneys and the state clearly stipulates that you are to have no direct contact with the cast or creators
2: or the creators i am a creator this is preposterous
0: maybe and we can certainly address that ahead of your hearing next month but for now we're really going to need you to stick to narrating only i thank you so much okay let's go from rafe's exit
1: uh do you want me to go out again
0: no no we got that fine Uh, Okay, Rafe just left, and go.
2: (sighs) Poe watched as his dearest friend stormed out of the store and gave what can be politely called an inappropriate gesture to the ghost called Harold. It wasn't their first squabble, and it likely wouldn't be their last. Such is the nature of a small-town friendship. But Poe was not in denial His attitude had changed. He had a new motivation. And here it was. Finally, in this box, laid his future. Paul. Paul, you
0: there? You home? I'm in the shop. Where'd you put my drink? It's on your nightstand, Paul, where it always is. You being smart, boy? Not at all, Paul. H- how you feelin'? Lazy, some bitch? Whole dang world's crashing down round us. side of the hell you think
1: I am.
2: Pa was wearing nothing but his skiffies, which did not upset Poe much. It had been some time since he'd seen the man wearing much else. As he neared the storefront window, his skin glistened in the midday due to the thin film of grease that covered his body due to his infrequent showering. His unkept hair spread in all directions, and his face was covered in a patchy, uneven beard. He looked out at the window and saw Harold, who turned and looked Paul with the same forlorn look he had given Poe every day for the last several years. He's still here. He's always here.
0: You read the paper?
2: No, did you?
0: "'Some?'
2: Poe nearly gasped. He hadn't seen his father do anything remotely civilized in years, and here he was suddenly reading the newspaper? Poe's initial excitement was tempered by a sudden sense that something foul was afoot. "'They're
0: expanding that office in corporeal management.' Looking to have field offices and boroughs
2: throughout the country. Poe stayed silent as he had never heard his father speak on matters of the other worldly visitors or the government's controversial response to them. Too little, too late, I say. Pa, did something happen there that- you Shut your mouth, boy. You ain't got a thing to say worth hearing, you see? Sorry, Pa. Now, I gotta
0: get upstairs. My back is acting up again. You see to this store, you hear? Yes, Pa. Damn right, yes, Pa.
2: And with that, the old curmudgeon left the store and retreated to his whiskey-ridden abode. Poe, once again alone in the store, grabbed his package from below the counter and tore it open. He retrieved its contents, four glass vials containing a bright orange substance that nearly glowed in the dim lighting of the store. Poe then ran to the front door of the shop. He looked about for any customers that may be approaching, though he did not know why, since the store had not seen a single customer in nearly three weeks. Still, whenever Poe closed up early to continue his secret project, he worried about customers. If his father knew he had closed the store even a minute early, it would be the end of Poe for sure. As he gave himself the all-clear to lock up and turned towards the back door, suddenly Harold appeared in front of him.
0: Ah, Harold... What do
2: you want? I'm busy. Harold began gesticulating wildly in what appeared to be a terrible attempt at charades. I really don't have time for this right now, Harold. A bird? A, a turtle? No, it sounds like. Okay, sounds like a bird.
0: It sounds like a duck? I need to get to the shed to continue my project, please, Harold.
2: Oh, small word. Small word. A. I. I. It. If. Is. But. B. Man, you suck at this, Harold! Harold, we've tried this a dozen
0: times. I can't understand you. But I may have a way to change that. Just be patient.
2: And come with me. Poe led Harold out the back door and across the small dirt yard that separated the store from the back shed. Poe withdrew the key and quickly unlocked the shed, while Harold simply flew through the wall and waited to greet Poe as he entered and quickly locked the door again. Have you been here before? Harold shook his head. Good. So you don't know what this is, then? Poe gestured toward a workbench on which was some large object covered in dirty old blankets. Poe whipped the blanket away to reveal his secret project, one that had taken years to develop and consumed Poe's every waking thought and every spare moment to create. He picked up the gun-shaped object that was about the length of his own arm. He held the thin but bulky object as he spoke to Harold.
0: I call this an ethereal animatizer. You see, Harold, one of the reasons you can't speak is because you're not entirely here. You're a ghost. So, by definition, you can't be a fully formed human being, but you're also not fully departed because you're… well… here. You've crossed over from the afterlife, wherever that may be, and therefore you are existing in two places at once. So, if this machine works as designed, it will direct a beam of energy at a ghost such as yourself and vibrate the particles that make up your earthly presence in such a way as to separate them from your spiritual entity, thereby allowing them to be manipulated here in this realm. Once we have those particles isolated, another beam of energy will be triggered nearly simultaneously that will rub those particles together at such a speed that subatomic wormholes will be created within you that will allow certain elements of your ethereal presence to transfer over and embody your spiritual presence here.
2: Whatever face you're making right now, dear listener, is probably the face our Harold was making as well.
0: Now the tricky part for me has always been how to isolate those elements to only include speaking abilities. That's where this comes in. These vials contain a fluid known in black market circles as event elixirs. They're fluids that come from the soil directly affected by the event that brought you and your kind here those 24 years ago. With it, I can finally be able to isolate the particles in question and give you your voice, Harold.
2: How would you like that? Hurl began to nod his head vigorously. Very well, then. Stand over there while I get this ready. Poe began to prepare the device, gently pouring a small amount of elixir into one of the tubes on its side. He then twisted knobs, pushed buttons, and flipped some switches, after which the device began buzzing and whirring to life. Now whatever happens, just don't move. There's a small chance you may be transported to another realm or alternate dimension, so let's just kind of hope for the best, okay? With that, Poe pulled the trigger and a blazing spectacle of laser beams burst forth from the device. Green, blue, orange, purple, and thousands of other colors not seen by man filled the shed as Harold was engulfed in the display. After a moment, the beams of light dissipated and the shed fell silent. Poe ripped off his goggles and looked to where he told Harold to stand. But alas... No sign of Harold was there. He then walked all through the small shed, but still nothing. Harold! Harold, are you there? Small chance i will be in an alternate dimension? Seriously? Harold floated in through the back wall and stood before Poe. It worked? Huh? I guess it
1: did, but seriously, alternate dimension? What the hell, man?
2: Poe! Poe, where the hell are you? Will Poe survive his father's wrath? Does Harold have anything to say? Will there be four or five episodes this season? Find out next time on Poe Green and the Ghost Machine. Wow, good stuff. Very exciting. Really, a new take on an interesting subject, guys. Just splendid. Excited for this season. I I really am. Oh, so, um... And not to change the subject too quickly, but, um, uh. I'm in jail now. Like, actual prison. So I'm, uh. I'm just, a, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just a little scared. I mean, I'm waiting trial. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm awaiting trial and. and everything, and. I, I do have the utmost faith in our prison systems, but it turns out that we were rolling when I killed that guy at the beginning of season two. And they have that recording, so, yeah. Kinda. Shitty luck on my part. Not entirely sure why you guys felt the need to turn that over to the state, but... Hey, say la vie, right? But, um, uh... The, the commissary here has those new smoked gouda and chive Lay's chips, and they are amazing. So I was, uh... I was wondering if maybe you or the audience could, you know, throw me some bones and I'll call it even? Huh? Lights out! Lights out, Sergeant. Yes? Okay, um, well, uh, it looks like I'm gonna have to wrap things up. Poe Green and the Ghost
0: Machine is brought to you by. Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wirtner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. Poe Green and the Ghost Machine, story by Rude Alchemy, with Mr. Hodgkin as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Hodgkin and edited by special guest Mr. Michael Hahn, featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. For a listing of Creative Commons sound effects attributions, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash attributions. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive bonus content including blooper reels from every season, visit RudeAlchemy.com support. And finally, I'd like to introduce a new segment. It's called Brendan's Jokes. After each episode, I'll read an original joke written by my wonderful four-year-old son, Brendan. Okay, let's see what we have today. <clears throat> knock, knock. Who's there? Not Daddy. Not Daddy Who! Huh, that's strange. No punchline! It's just a crayon drawing of a stick figure next to a smaller stick figure, and the bigger stick figure is crossed out angrily in red, and the smaller one is crying orange tears. Oh well, take it easy on him, folks. He's just a kid. Good night!
2: In this time of COVID-19, CDC asks you keep your hands clean. Don't congregate and kindly shelter in place. Also wash your hands and don't touch your face. So use soap and water and grab a clean towel and don't be a Jonah. Prevent spread of corona by washing your hands. Olay! This was a
1: public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.